This is the Head On Collision Podcast. So where are your macros at for today? <clears throat> well, with that fucking smoothie, I don't know. <laughs> this guy's dumping freaking diabetes in my cup and <laughs> then dumping out half my protein in the sink. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, like cool I said. cool guy. Like, I've had conversations with him before, yeah, but it was, I mean, just, it was just so funny because you know... How I like I'm pretty methodical yeah, about stuff. exactly definitely. So when we get in there to ask for a smoothie and He's just free, just like all I want is the protein, the the almond ice cream milk. mix for the carbs, and the almond milk. And then he starts throwing on other stuff. You're like, what was that? <laughs> like you literally were like, what was that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's just the just the banana mix. And you're like, can I? You're like just sat there with like this look of disgust on your face. And then you're like, can I see it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, here you give it to him. And like that was cool. But then at the very end of the whole thing, like he's like pouring it in there, and like you're literally like t- telling him, like you're talking to him, and you're like, hey man, you don't mind if I? And then he pours out the smoothie, and you were like get the rest of that smoothie <laughs> and literally he, he's like oh i just poured it out and you like like i said it looked like you wanted to take the cup the smoothie cup and throw it at him like it was that bad like i just look over it took i was trying not to laugh <laughs> because i looked over at you and your face is just like the straight face like eyebrows are definitely like pointed in like you're like going full-on demon mode on them (laughs) it was that bad and he like he just like looks at you like i'm so sorry (laughs) it was pretty funny and you're like all right (laughs) yeah exactly so it was pretty funny stuff like i said if i could have had a camera there to film it then we would we would definitely put that up but (laughs) That's funny. It was, it was definitely good stuff. Because when he ran out of the ice cream mix, I'm like, perfect, because I really don't eat sugar like that anyway. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, I'll just, I'll, I literally figured I'd eat my chicken and rice yeah. that I had with that you see me put in your fridge as we're doing this. In my head, that's what I've already prepared to do. And he just dumps 40 grams of sugar <laughs> in my smoothie. <laughs> Like, what in the... F- First off, you're like, okay, I need to know what this stuff is. And yeah. then you're like, well, there goes the chicken and rice plan. <laughs> yup. Yeah, but it was... Well, have the smoothie taste overall, though. I mean... It was pretty good. Could you get through it without being angry about the whole process? <laughs> well, I was mad because I said a little peanut butter, too, and put at least four tablespoons in there. Yeah, so like and we were talking about that, too. Peanut butter. Literally, so it's an ice cream scoop. For everyone listening, it's an ice cream scoop. And it says on the end of the ice cream scoop, two tablespoons. But with an ice cream scoop, as everyone knows, you can literally pile on as much as you want onto one scoop. So where's the cutoff? So even if you flatten it out, I'm sure maybe if you flatten it out in the groove, it might be two tablespoons. But like even like a full topped off regular, like just like a one scoop, a dollop of it, like yeah. that's got to be, like, yeah. It's at least a serving half. Definitely. And that's lowballing it because and being in prep... Multiple, multiple times, I'm a peanut butter professional. Yeah. <laughs> I know how much peanut butter is. For but, sure. Because I would measure, and like, if I was one gram short, if I had 13 grams and the serving's 14 grams, I would be getting that extra gram because I wanted the damn peanut butter. Exactly. So Definitely. I've paid attention to Yeah, for sure. And the quantity. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, and like, the 14 grams is like half serving, I think. Isn't it? Uh, I think so. Well, in, or maybe it might be Because the serving's serving. 34. Okay. Gram. 32 to 34 grams. And a... 32. 
Is it, or is it 30? I'm not sure. Well, it's between Because <laughs> different brands yeah. will have different... Yeah, exactly. Fillers. It's all based on what it is. I normally go off to like the Kirkland's brand, like pure almond butter or pure... Yeah. Because like, I like the ones that are just almond butter or almonds, sea salt. Yeah, for or, sure. Or like peanut butter or peanut sea salt. Like, yeah. We made... We I made our homemade. Yeah, I was about to just say like our homemade stuff that we made. Like the first batch I made was amazing because I used actual like real salt, and then we ran out yeah. of like the salt, and I had to use like the iodized, like the nasty ass Morton salt, and it really like it was bad. <laughs> it was I put barely any in it, and it like made it overpowered, and I was just like, oh man, this is not good. But I ate through as much of it as I could, and then I got rid of it. But I'll be making another batch here because I got that this ninja. I can fill this whole entire cup up with just like a 32-ounce Ninja cup and blend it all up in there. Yeah, and dude, sh- it's just like... That should do the trick. It's easy. Like, that's how I did the first time. It's easily it was, as powerful as a processor. Yeah, that's exactly it's what it more. is. <clears throat> and the blade on it's a little bit uh, dull right now, so I might get. I might just buy a new blade for it. And well, they should have the actual something. processor thing, too. Like, the yeah. bowl. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, I could just get the bowl and snap it in there, I bet. Can yeah, I? Yeah. Because that's actually, like, processor, processor. Yeah. But, wouldn't be too shabby, but yeah, the homemade stuffs are really we tasty. Had this, we had this whole conversation where you didn't believe me that you could make your own almond butter. I did not. I was because you were like, literally, all you do is take almonds and you blend it up, and I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> I literally was like, uh, we, <laughs> you came in to complete, and you were telling me about this, and I'm like, well, what kind of what kind of a base do you use? Like oil or like what? Do you, and you're like, no, you don't. And I'm like. This kid is nuts. How are they going to get the almonds to get that, like, texture, that peanut buttery, like, oily texture? Literally, all you do is blend them up. You heat them first. Yeah, if they're raw. Yeah, if they're raw, I guess. So I, yeah. I bought the roasted kind, okay, and the yeah. roasted kind so was I, really but, good. Yeah. So I, ro- I personally roasted mine. And yeah. I made it. And then I posted the picture with the directions, and then... Within like hours, it seemed like you made your batch. I did, I did. I made it that night because I, I was like, TJ, because we had a whole bunch, we had a whole bag of almonds, and I, I was telling Bianca, I was like, Yeah, this kid TJ, he's been coming into complete nutrition, talking a lot, and he's like, He swears up and down, all you have to do is blend up almonds and you make them. And I looked up a video, and then, like, sure enough, the video it's so weird because literally it goes from powder, like almost like starchy cornmeal. Mm-hmm to butter it's like it's it's when it happens it like, like <laughs> how long did you mine probably took like eight minutes of blending six to eight and that was what's nice with the ninja too is i just put it on the highest i just click the highest setting and it blends for like a minute and a half and i did that probably about five times before it actually started to turn i did it another In two butter. times yep. just to make sure yeah so probably overall it took me around 10 to 15 minutes but mm, it worked bad, out pretty well. You can make a bunch. Like I made a, yeah. a good serving size. Of it. Definitely, and that's like we put it in our fridge, and Bianca loved it. She loved like the first batch we had. She absolutely loved it. So really good stuff. And I, it's almost one of those things when you make it homemade. I got addicted to it. Oh god, I, I ate so much of it the first yeah, couple days. Way better than the stuff you could buy. Like literally, I don't know if it's just because it sits in a plastic container for a long time, but literally, when I made mine, I mean, so much better. <clears throat> if you go to like, I'm really well known for like I like co-ops and like high quality food places and even like the Kirkland's almond butter isn't bad when oh, yeah. it's just the because it's just almonds and just sea salt definitely and the texture is very very similar but there, there was something about that freshness so literally on my Instagram 
you just roast a bunch of them. So I put it on a huge pan. Mm-hmm. Oh, look how good that looks again. Yeah. Obviously, the podcast can't see unless they go on my page. Good. But it's like the most amazing looking almond butter texture, color. It is. It's like, it is 100%. I mean, that's as natural as you can get is taking raw almonds and making your own almond butter. So it doesn't get any better than that. Like you said, with the sea salt, putting that on there, the pink Himalayan salt, that stuff's amazing as well. But putting throwing that stuff in there is, just makes it worlds of, of a difference too. But Yeah, so on my post for it, literally you roast your almonds for three, at 300 degrees. I think I did like 10, 15 minutes. I was about to say, it's only like 15 minutes max. So. Yeah, and then I did 8 to 10 minutes of the blending until it got to the right texture. And then I just threw my pink Himalayan sea salt on top of it, blended it one more time. It's funny because I actually broke my food processor as I was trying to do it because I've never used a food processor yeah. before. And I went to like turn it on and I snapped the piece that has to like push a button so it starts. Oh, and it wasn't yeah. starting on <laughs> I was getting so pissed. And then I ended up doing it with, I stuck a butter knife in there the whole time. <laughs> so I was standing over. Stuck like, a butter knife in an electric it. processor. <laughs> no, plastic button. Oh, okay, there processor. you go. Yeah, exactly. Just go put a butter knife in an outlet. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> and that's how you make almond butter, kids. <laughs> no. That's how you, that's have not you ever wanted a mohawk? Yes, exactly, definitely. But yeah, how did our uh, training session go today, you think? Mine went okay. I was pissed that I maxed out the machine and the stupid and incline press. Yeah, oh, I'm like, do you guys have any bands or anything? Because this specific incline machine, hammer strength incline, the handles were kind of facing down instead of where they're yep. faced up a little bit on the normal they're angled one. Angled down, which was weird. Um, I always do suicide grip, so I just kind of angled my hand the which way I wanted it to, which yeah. is what I always do. But like, yeah, it was really weird. I don't know why you'd want to do an incline with like. Like even just like if you if like if you're listening at home, like try to think of a normal incline press where your hands should be angled upwards, and like try to angle them down, and think about pressing your elbows fly away f- up. It's just that's why I suicide press because I can just like <laughs> put them right on my palms and yeah. go for it. But yeah, super weird. But what would we what do we have to do for it? Well, and with the normal one with the angle grips are, you could hang plates on them. Yeah, still do your press. So I had four plates on each side, and I was doing it. I did it for the easy eight. I'm like, I want to put more weight on it. But you can't with the grip, so I went and asked for a band so I could just band it and get more tension. And this skinny, fat trainer. <laughs> <laughs> like, bands are for trainers only. I'm like, okay, like, a lot of gyms say that. Yeah. But normally they're not bitches. If yep. They can tell you actually know what you're doing. Exactly. And then he's like, I'm like... Okay, well, do you have any other ideas on how to get more weight on here? He's like, no. He's like, but you could pace it. So You could pace it. I've so, never heard of- <clears throat> Let's dissect this. <laughs> so you could pace it. So a certified trainer working for Genesis Health Clubs. <laughs> we'll go ahead and drop the name. No shame in that. <laughs> so at Genesis Health Club... Um, a certified personal trainer. I'm talking this guy took a test and is certified or else he couldn't train there. I mean, he has to be certified somewhere. I don't know what kind of certification he got. But he says, you should pace yourself. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. At first I looked at him stupid because I'm like, well, I've never heard it that term used. 
it, it said in a second, like, he meant tempo. The first time you told me, when you walked over, yeah, so tempo is obviously what he meant. But when you told me that first time, like, pace yourself, I thought, like, so does he mean you should, like, go up by smaller increments on the, on, like, in weight? Or does he mean maybe, like, I didn't, I didn't know what, if he, if, like, if he told me you should pace yourself, I would have been, I would probably would have been like, oh, okay. And, like, walked away with this confused look on my face and then thought about it, like, what does he mean? <laughs> Which is kind of what we did, but yeah, I guess what he was meaning is more like negative reps, slow, yeah, work on the tempo, but... And it's funny, because I watched him look at, like, watch me as I was about to start my set. He didn't think I was going to be able to do it, so I did it eight with slow negatives, and I'm still like, that was kind of easy for me, so... Yeah, and it was a weird machine, though. What's what's the brand of that, Uh, the machines that... Do you remember the... uh, the name Shit. of the machines. <laughs> yeah. S-H-I-T Shit. machines. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, it, yeah, one of those Techno Gym. All Techno Gym. So they have those things which are terrible to begin with. If anybody's used those Techno Gym machines, they're just not nearly as high quality and doesn't work the greatest movements on them. But yeah, so we had to deal with that and stacking weights on that, which would only hold four plates on each side, which is plenty for myself. But TJ over here needs about four more plates on. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> I've done five for reps. Bro. There you go. Not too shabby. <clears throat> I tried the three, and I did it four times, and then you helped me on, like, number five. So <laughs> Yeah, and then you did that slow negative, which... Yeah, it really did kill, and then I went dead. right into a drop set, and I could only do, like, four more of, a, of two plates, which was good. But overall, for the workout, we didn't do, like... I don't know. It seems like almost not really a common theme with us, but some days we don't get that much volume in, but we still get a great... Well, it's because like when we're together, we focus on intensity and we focus yeah. on performance. So big time. Like a lot of people with me, they're like, "We'll walk out of the workout." Or some of my clients are like, "God, we really didn't seem like we did that much, but I'm destroyed." It's because when you're with somebody that understands how to do a, perform movement, I'm going to make them load and contract and stretch the muscle properly. Exactly. And like, it takes away 15 sets out of your workout if you're actually like. Doing three to four sets per movement and actually handling the weight, loading the tension in the muscle you want it, and stimulating real hypertrophy. Yeah. A, lo- a while back, I was listening to another podcast, and they talked about how all your workouts based on overall work. Like, the overall work output that you do, it, it doesn't matter how, what time frame you do it in, like... As long as you get the same overall amount of work in, of course, you can get down to the nitty-gritty and talk about rest sets and all that stuff, too, which do help. But um, based on the overall amount of work you do, so when the intensity is a lot higher, so if I was in the gym by myself and I decided to do three three exercises of chest and three exercises of tricep for my workout today compared to what we did, which was two chest exercises and one tricep exercise. So we cut our workout in half. But my intensity would guarantee you would be almost 50% if we didn't, um, if we weren't working out together. So <clears throat> just based on the intensity, getting it up and having that spotter there too helps out huge. Oh, yeah. Like for me to be able like on that, like I said, for me to first off, even be able to try doing the, doing the three plates on each side for the, for the press, which I wouldn't have done alone, yeah. getting three reps on my own and then having you help me get like the fourth, fourth or fifth rep of negative, like negative reps first off, just yeah the studies have been shown that like negative reps are do so much more for your muscle like than anything else in the gym so it's so great for you but yeah especially for hypertrophy you're oh as you contract your muscle that phase of the muscle is going to burn out before your negative phase of the movement will 
So like biceps, most people's biggest mistake is they do not slow down the negatives. And as soon as I slow down people's negatives, my pretty good buddy Marshawn back in Minnesota, the first, before I started prepping him for a show, which he ended up not doing because of other things came up that he needed to take care of. Yeah. Now he's actually prepping with my buddy Patrick. That there you go. I've told you about Patrick. Yeah. Super legit guy. One of the few people I actually associated with back in Minnesota. And super smart. Like, he's going to bring Marshawn in shredded. Like, it's going to happen. He understands nutrition training. It's why we got along at first. And then a lot of other business and stuff at the back end once we got to know each other more. But, yeah. The first time me and Marshawn trained arms... It was after work. It was we closed up shop at like ten, after ten, and we went. And I snuck him into any time with my yeah, job. and we just blasted arms. And he's like, "What the hell?" He's like, for like four days, he's like, "Why am I so sore?" We made him slow down his negatives and just torched his arms. And that negative, first off, it increases a lot of things, but people don't understand like. Controlling those negative reps, they've actually proven to increase metabolic rate too. So you burn definitely more calories doing it too. Like people, absolutely. Like I say, you can like the total amount of work that you put in doing a negative rep. Like if anybody's never tried doing negative reps, just try it. All we mean by that is getting to the top of whatever movement you're doing, and then on the way back down, slow it down and like take two to three seconds to actually get back down to your starting point because it literally and do that first set do light weight and do negative reps you will feel amazing when you get out of the gym like you will feel absolutely amazing from it and that was a bit one of the biggest things too was when i very first started doing negative reps which was like i think right after i got out of high school was when i started doing a lot of research into them and stuff like that just into everything in general <clears throat> and i got to looking into negative reps and that one of the biggest things everyone associates them with is with bicep training so i tried it with my bicep training and since then like i have seen gigantic like growth just in what my biceps have to offer um i never growing up through high school never used to have like biceps <laughs> i never did i had big arms but i never had like the bicep but doing the negative reps have helped me kind of round that out big time um, and kind of focus on some areas that i always had trouble with but i know we've talked about it a little bit in the past on our past podcast but for anybody who doesn't know kind of describe you talked about hypertrophy what is hypertrophy training so it's <clears throat> i guess the best way to talk about it would be it's a training style based on stimulating the actual muscle fibers themselves and getting them to a point where they're going to break down and be forced to recover and or potentially um, hyperplasia where they are forced to multiply, mm -hmm. which is generally a byproduct of growth hormone, which is the best hormone on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but it's expensive. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have excess to growth hormone, take all... No. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone anything illegal. <laughs> In public. In public. <laughs> But, yeah, hypertrophy is just actually stimulating and loading the muscle fibers to a point where they break down and are forced to recover and grow. So, basically, hypertrophy is going to be the most effective way to stimulate mTOR and other pathways where the muscle fibers are actually going to take up proteins and amino acids mm -hmm. and grow. Where more of a powerlifting style you actually train more of your central nervous system than anything. With uh, Do you have much um, experience with like a powerlifting? 
Yeah. Train yourself. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely. So that's like, so to dumb it down, I guess one of the biggest things, especially we're going to try to hit on is lifting styles. Now, hypertrophy training is always 100% associated with building muscle, muscle growth, muscle mass, anything like that. So if you want to take your, what you have in your body, make it bigger, that's hypertrophy training. And so like you said, you know, that's what we've been doing right now a lot of lately, but I have done a lot of experience with power lifting and power training like that. I've never competed or anything like that extreme, but especially back in my training days, I was always uh, kind of got into the group of people who were big into powerlifting, and it was just kind of like the people that I've worked out with and did a lot of powerlifting, and that's a lot of, you know, oh, mid, mid to high sets, low, low reps, and just extremely heavy weight. Like, you won't even start with anything like lower than 70% of what your one rep max is. Um, so completely different. But like you said with the central nervous system, every time you do something that powerful, especially for new lifters as well, like we've talked about in the past, you build more nerves to those areas of your body so that way you can do the movement better. So just, especially for a brand new weight lifter, the reason why they're able to put on so much more strength than you and me could if we just said, you know, hey, we want to put on 20 more pounds on our bench press or our squat. You know, somebody who got into the gym... Like, if we took a brand new lifter and we took ourselves, they would put on 20 pounds on their squat, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, way quicker than we could even try to put on half of what we wanted to. The reason that that is is because they do build more of those nerve fibers and nerve endings to those areas, and it helps them make go through those movements easier, which helps, in turn, the easier you can go into that movement, and the more, the more your body gets used to that movement, the more stronger it's going to be. So... <clears throat> That's a lot of the time with powerlifting. That's what you see uh, big effects from as well. Yep, and a lot of people talk about overtraining. Overtraining is a lot harder to do with a hypertrophy-style training than a powerlifting-style training because overtraining or that fatigue is a central nervous system thing. So you can tell when like your grip strength goes weak. There's a lot of tests for like when you're actually like hitting your max on your central nervous system like capacity. And one of the biggest things I've incorporated with a couple powerlifters that I've worked with is high doses of L-theanine during phases of like heavy, higher volume, heavy training where they're closer to the one rep max, but also doing some volume, which is in different different phases of their protocol, getting ready for meets or something. So I've incorporated high doses of L-theanine to help reset and calm down, like generate. Uh, regenerates not the right term but refresh their nervous system definitely and we've seen a big effect like I was working with uh, I shouldn't say working with but I helped a very well known powerlifting coach in Minnesota that he ended up helping my ex for her first meet that she won and had the best world score and did some crazy lifts because she won't listen to me for Absolutely. Yep. The fact that you are her boyfriend, so (laughs) she will not listen. (laughs) Which, he ended up telling her most of the same exact things. He had one tip that was good that I didn't catch, just because I don't powerlift. I understand mechanism, I understand the basics, but he noticed a little thing with her, uh, how she was gripping the bar on her bench, that helped her out quite a bit. So, like, he definitely... Made a big difference, but most of the stuff that I was trying to help her with was just stuff that you ended up telling her to work out perfect. But, yeah, with him, I helped him with some supplement things right before 
was getting ready for his most recent meet, and he broke a couple PRs and had some great workouts when I had him do some things to mitigate the stress on the nervous system. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool stuff. I know um, another reason with you talk about overtraining too, very rarely um, does a power lifter have all these different muscle groups that they can hit because you're not really hitting muscle groups when you do a powerlifting style of workout. I know one of the most popular is when there's 5-3-1 and all you're doing in that workout, all you're doing in that workout is your bench press, your deadlifts, and your squats. Like, that's it. And you might do a row or two for a back movement, but other than that, <clears throat> you're not going to do hardly any other accessory lifts. So powerlifters don't rarely, now some people do, um, and there's, you know, everybody has their own lifting style and their own powerlifting. I know there is a record for you know straight bar curl or whatever it is for curling and powerlifting as well you know like the ct fletcher <laughs> invitational or whatever it is but um for the most part you, they're not going to hit the biceps they're not going to hit all these other uh, motions so that's why they can they can hit overtraining a lot more too as well because they're hitting the same movements like the training frequency can't be nearly as high because you're hitting a deadlift or a squat or a bench press almost every single time you train so it'd be hard for you to try to hit that constantly like as a bodybuilder we can do back one day and we can do biceps another day and then triceps another day and chest another day so we have so many more options um, that keep us from that overtraining point rather than like a power lifter they don't really necessarily need to do a bicep tricep workout they can just do like a, a back workout and hit that little bit of bicep if they need to but normally they're not really focused in any of that stuff either anyway so well, I feel like I've seen a lot of powerlifters. They're starting to split it up a little more, where they're doing squat days, deadlifts days. Oh yeah, no, days. yeah, and that's exactly what I mean. But they don't, they don't have like they'll they'll split it up and do those those movements, the main movements, especially what they're competing for. But like I said, they don't have all these other accessory muscles that they'll hit um, unless it's like an active recovery day. I know most of the powerlifters that I've been around, and I know they can't even stand the thought of working out bicep tricep <laughs> or like anything like that um they won't do much of that stuff at all so um like i said the accessory movements they just kind of they get they hit with their main movements but they're only focused on their main movements most of the time so just personal preference like i said but a lot of the times that's where you know, as a bodybuilder style workout it's hard to overtrain per se but power lifters it's a little bit easier too yeah because i mean Technically, you could train when your muscle fibers aren't completely ready to go, but like to get to like an actual overtraining where it could be potentially dangerous, mm -hmm. it's hard to actually get there in a bodybuilding sense. Yeah. Where it's easier to get there when you're trying to do ninety ninety five percent of your one rep max three times a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just... exactly. That's that, and that gets pretty crazy as well. But what about like? Um... Let's talk about basics like sets, reps. I know I talked a little bit about, you know, mid to high sets, low reps for power lifting. Um, even sometimes it gets into low low sets, low reps too. But talk about sets and reps between hypertrophy training and then like power lifting training. What's the biggest difference there? Uh, pretty much hypertrophy training, you're, it's rare to see under eight reps. Mm -hmm. Like if you're under eight reps, most people will be doing a drop set or doing something else to get more reps more volume into that set and for me a lot of people know i train in four to five sets per movement now obviously that's a progression thing because 
if you're actually performing a movement correctly and pushing yourself to failure on two or three sets, or not complete failure on the first couple, but generally the last set of every movement I go to pretty much failure. Yeah, absolutely. So you see a lot of people that will progress up and eventually add extra sets in. So like normally we do four to five. You've seen that pretty commonly with me now. And it's rare that I do under what? 12 to 15. Yeah, absolutely. So I generally keep it my volume pretty high when it comes to training style. And if I do move up in weight and get under that, I always start like a pyramid style. So I'll start with like lighter weight, 20 reps, go heavier, 15 reps, go heavier, 12 reps, absolutely. go heavier, 10 reps. And that's my favorite for hypertrophy. That's my favorite training style is going from 15 kind of as... I don't, sometimes I call it a warm-up set. I don't want to necessarily like brand it as a warm-up set, but like as a starting set, do 15 reps and then hit your next at 12 to 8 is my favorite. That's my favorite training style um, just because I saw so many great results from it personally um, and doing that pyramid style. And then once you get into like that powerlifting uh, style, like I said, Windler's 531 is an amazing program for anybody looking for a program to start off especially. Um, but if even, you know, people who have been powerlifting for a long time use that program and it just it works so amazingly well that there's no reason to stop doing it anyway but if you're trying to put on a lot of strength and stuff like that then you could that's the that's the program i would recommend for everybody to look into but literally you're doing sets of five five sets of five three sets of three one set of one stuff like that um or you're doing a set three sets five three one or you're doing a five 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 three 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 one 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 stuff like that and it's just ridiculous percentages. Like, yeah. But the best part about Windlers is they don't base it off of your one rep max. They base it off of your three rep max. So, oh, okay. Really, so it actually, the weight you're doing, especially sometimes it feels like when you start the program, you're like, this is not weight at all. Like, <laughs> this is like, this is way too easy for me to be doing one time. <laughs> and you, that it actually gets into your head, your mindset a little bit, and it's hard to continue keeping doing the lighter weight. But that's where the strength gains have been incredible at. Like I said, the strength gains and windlers have been so amazing. And you do that kind of a lighter, anywhere from like that, for one rep max, it's probably anywhere from like 60 to 80%. And then you bump it up to like 70 to 90%. Um, but you hardly ever get, for your one rep max, you hardly ever get 85 over 85% in that one rep max on any lifts. So. Yeah, because you never want to train grinding reps you want to exactly you always want to train in a very yep. explosive and clean definitely yep explosion uh is obviously gigantic in any kind of a powerlifting movement but most people save the grinding for the meats yep that's exactly right <laughs> yep. but uh for the most part that's a huge difference just on basics that's a huge difference too but i know on more of a kind of scientific side of things when you get into the hypertrophy training you're training in more of a glycolytic state right oh definitely so a lot of people like in powerlifting eat a bunch of like garbage it's pretty common yeah. that they do outside of the gym there's not much thought into what goes into their face besides calories yeah absolutely where bodybuilding obviously complete opposite like generally like you track down to the gram of rice like, yeah so bodybuilding I don't want to say it's more difficult because they both have their... It's hard to get under oh, some people squatting eight, 900 pounds. I can't do any... can't do half that. Yeah, <laughs> break exactly. But the aspect where bodybuilding could potentially be harder 
is it's an all-day thing, and we're focused on keeping body fat in between a certain range. So yep. we're training when we're super fatigued sometimes and still just grinding through. So like the difference is bodybuilding is more of a around-the-clock thing, where powerlifting, you get hyped up for 90 minutes, two hours, since they take longer rest periods and stuff like that between their sets. And then they're... They go have their burger, fry, pizzas. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's, it's just a totally different sport. And like, kind of like you said, there's not one that's, they're so different that it's hard to classify, which is harder than the other, um, just because they are so different. But um, at the same time, it's like, I know Ronnie Coleman is an amazing example, and you actually just watched Ronnie Coleman's documentary, right? Or his, uh, I watched the intro to it. I'm oh, okay, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, for sure, definitely. So, I'll be watching that here soon, too. But Ronnie Coleman, he was a great example of one of the best bodybuilders of all time who was putting weight on like a powerlifter. I mean, the guy was squatting <laughs> over, yeah, like over 700 pounds on the daily, <laughs> like it was ridiculous amounts of weight. Um, and he was pushing crazy amounts. And then you have other people, like you know, who are strong, but. You know, people like I. One of my favorites, Jay Cutler. He's a very strong guy, but not nearly as strong. But puts on this gigantic amount of muscle um, and beat Ronnie Coleman. So, <laughs> so you look at that stuff, but it's just it's ridiculous. So in bodybuilding, another thing too, um, like we said, there is so different that it's hard to decipher what's is harder to do than the other. But I know some bodybuilders can push it uh, just as hard as some of the powerlifters can. I know some strong freaking oh yeah bodybuilders absolutely. So. That's that's kind of exactly what I'm saying. It's for bodybuilding, you can kind of lift as heavy as what powerlifters can, and but powerlifters have a lot more grace in what they can consume and stuff like that as well. I know a lot of powerlifters they actually have bags of candy or fast digesting carbs, kind of like you know, kind of like a bodybuilder would, but they'll eat candy and sit down at a table for ten minutes in between sets and like just eat stuff. The face is full of like <laughs> sugar <laughs> to get ready for their next set. And it's uh, it's it's, it's crazy. It's a different not. environment. It really is. I'd actually like to go train a couple times just for like a day or two over at the at Omaha Barbell. That's the that's first like... place I went. Oh, was it really? I literally went there before I went to my apartment. Well, I've heard there's a lot of big. The this isn't a mainly a powerlifting gym. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, because I heard a lot of people over there. That's how it is over there. They have tables set up and they eat in between their sets and like when they're really training hard. I don't remember seeing many tables, but there's. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a powerlifting and strongman gym, 100%. Definitely, yeah. There's a world's strongest man competitor that trains there. Yep. Ben something-something. It's not, it's the same as Shaw, is it? I'm not sure. I know there's a Shaw that works out around here sometimes, but he's a he's a world's strongest man competitor, I think. Yeah, the guy I'm talking about is the world's strongest oh, man Okay, yeah, maybe it's, maybe we're talking about the same dude, but. I talked to him, like, my second or third day in Omaha. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Because I've seen him at the gym a couple times. Yeah. I literally went there before I went to my apartment when I moved. Yeah. I'd made the drive. I'm like, I gotta go train. <laughs> so I went straight to the gym instead of going. I still had furniture on strapped to the top of yeah. my car. <laughs> go get in and get the lift in. That's what's important. But yeah, for the most part, like I, like we said, it's two completely different training styles, but they both serve their purpose. Obviously, my little brother he did a powerlifting competition and he did the one there's five three one and. Um, he deadlift over at 15 years old. He was deadlifting over 400 pounds, um, and he squat over 300 pounds, over 350. I think this is what he ended up squatting, and then um, 
he bench pressed. His bench press was his lowest, but I think he bench pressed 250 pounds, which still for a 15 year old is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he did that. He enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, shout out to the little brother Will, but <laughs> so he did that. Was that the one in the baseball cap or the one that beat me in Madden? The baseball cap. Yeah, that was the he. He did that one. So he's he uh he grew up with both of me and Trenton, and me and Trenton were really wrapped in I guess more bodybuilding workouts and he got to talking about powerlifting and I said well if you want a power lift then I can make you out the workout and it took me about you know 40 30 45 minutes to get all of his exact uh weights down for basically an eight-week program and or a 12-week program and I wrote everything down every workout every day and gave it to him and I said here you go just follow this word for word and he did and he did an amazing job at it and ended up competing in Lincoln and he won his weight class and won his age group because honestly he was he was beating the kids in the weight class and the age group above him like he beat out everybody in that class above him but he was the only kid in his so he still won obviously because he was the only kid to compete against but he was beating out everybody in the weight class and the um age group above him too so all the 16 year olds that were over 200 and you know, 200 and whatever pounds, all the high school kids, up, basically 16, 18 years old, over 200 pounds, he was beating out all those kids, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but he enjoyed it. He We're not sure if he's going to do any more. He's got a lot of stuff involved in sports right now, but he, he's just going to try to get through what he wants to get through. But if he ever wants to do it again, then he knows we're here for him. But, yeah, we'll see what he kind of goes along. But he got a first-hand experience of kind of the powerlifting program and then, um, one of the biggest things too that I was really wrapped into along with my power lifting was Olympic lifting and I showed you that page that hook grip page on Instagram hook grip is an amazing page for Olympic lifters just to see like form and technique really really at slow motion amazing stuff but I love the Olympic lifting stuff um, and let me be clear I love Olympic lifting I do not love CrossFit I just want to be clear <laughs> Because <laughs> you do Olympic lift and CrossFit, I do not like CrossFit. It's fun to watch every now and then. I do not like to do CrossFit, I'll put it that way. <laughs> and I do not like CrossFit as a training style, and I don't condone it for anybody. But I do like Olympic lifting. It has a lot of great benefits, and has a lot of it's really great for your body too. But um, as long as you do it correctly, that's the biggest thing. The form has to be so perfect, and you have to work a long, long time to get it there. Um, but when I was doing my Olympic lifting, I was doing clean and jerks, and I could, I would, I maxed out my clean and jerk at 250 pounds, um, which in high school I just power cleaned 270 or 270 or 275 pounds was I maxed out on, but to be able to jerk that is ridiculous. <laughs> so I jerked it at 250 pounds when I was doing my powerlifting stuff, um, but I was doing a powerlifting like style with the Olympic lifts in it, so little bit different but i enjoyed that quite a bit and i love watching the olympic lifting stuff too so but just like we said that's a completely different beast on its own <laughs> it is i never got into it mainly because of so many injuries from being overweight in sports and stuff yeah, for sure i had so many injuries that makes it very difficult to train that style and the first time i tried when i was younger that's when i herniated the disc in my lower back yeah and yeah ever since then my knee injuries the lower back injuries like I have a decent press. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Once I get over 405 on squat or 405 on deadlift, my body's just like, yeah, not doing it yeah, anymore. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And that's 
You have, really have to train up to it. It's like, if you want, like, to be honest with you, anybody could go out there. I'm not going to say anybody, but a lot of people could go out there and they could put on heavy weight. But this, the, literally the grind to get from where they are now to there takes so long. And it's, I don't know, you think about tracking your workouts and writing down your weights and everything. Like, it's literally like... Which, I can't even do that style because my body will feel so different some days that I can't. Yeah. My weight will be... Two, three hundred pounds different on some. Absolutely, like definitely. Leg press. Some days I'll put twelve plates each side. Other days I'll put four. Like yeah, for that's sure. Literally, how different my body can feel at some points. Yeah, and for myself and for a lot of people who I work out with as well, like it's, like I said, it's one of those things where if I wanted to get back up to like four fifty or four hundred, like when me and my wife Bianca were working out together, um, when I squat four hundred and seventy pounds, um, that was that took. Probably for me, I when I started, I was probably maxing out around three thirty, and then for me to get all the way up there took me probably about a year and a half time. Like it was ridiculous how much training I had to do, and like just little by little, and like slowly increasing weights five, ten pounds every single time I trained, and then just eventually it was one of those things where I was like, well, I'm doing these for reps, so we'll see if I can one rep max it out and see how high I can get, and then I ended up getting that, which I was happy with. It was just one of those workouts where I was like, I don't, I don't have a goal. I just want to see how high I can get. I got up to 470 or 475, and it was perfect for me. So worked out really, really well. Nice. So do you see any reason to do a combination of the both, like hypertrophy and a powerlifting combination? Like you hear people talk about the power building. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Now I think you can. Um, obviously, like we just said, a lot of the bodybuilders. We're putting up weights, and a lot of bodybuilders put up weights like powerlifting. Um, doing the two kind of different kind of workout styles together, um, it can be done. It's just difficult. Like, you try to do any two goals at the same time. Um, like, a lot of the times, especially in our business um, and personal training, the first thing we get from any client is, I want to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. And it's like... Well, how, how many compounds? Do you <laughs> yeah, it's like well, you see, it doesn't work that way um, because you're fighting yourself. So it's hard to convince people. First off, it's hard to convince people that no, sorry, it doesn't work that way. But then again, it's hard to like. I don't know. It's it, they almost don't want to train with you after you tell them you can't do that. <laughs> it's like because you don't want to say you can't do that, but uh, you can't do it super super effectively. Exactly. It's like trying to... It, I don't know. I can't think of anything great to compare it to, but it's literally if you want to gain a bunch of muscle and lose a bunch of fat, you have to choose either one and go do that one completely and then turn back and go the other way. Or if you're trying to do it, it's going to take you literally like twice as long. It's a slow process. It's so slow. Both. And to be with... Especially when you're working with clients, the number one way to refeed like their motivation is if they see progress. And yours too. I mean, you can't be training them and go for a month or two and hardly see it like see maybe one or two pounds off the scale like that's not the way to go so to be able to keep them motivated by the progress they see too that's why it's almost always better and maybe you have a different opinion on this but for my for me it's always better to lose weight before you try to put on muscle because the weight loss is the best motivation so that the client can see because when you're losing weight like you're excited about it and then when you get down to the weight that you want to be at or the weight that we think you should be at to start putting on muscle again, then it's so much easier to go from there than it is to try to build a bunch of muscle and then slim all the way down, which almost doesn't work anyway. So, 
I'm a big component of that for the actual mechanisms and systems in the body to help Definitely. actually build muscle tissue. I will almost cut people every time before I start adding any size or calories to their yep. nutrition. Absolutely. Because you need to make sure your body's insulin sensitive. You need to make sure these systems are working properly before you start putting it in a surplus and it's not going to know how to handle the surplus. So you got to prep your body for the surplus. Yeah, definitely. So out of the clients you've had, have you ever worked with anybody on a power powerlifting or any kind of a powerlifting yeah, like program? I, for the most part, I helped my ex on... A lot of her stuff. Obviously, she was super freak athlete anyway, and she did a lot of great things on her own. But incorporated a lot of things there, and I've helped two other people with like powerlifting strength things. Yeah. But obviously, a lot more on the either longevity and healthy aging side, which I'm doing more and more of nowadays, or the actual competitive like bodybuilding. Yeah, for sure. And would would you ever want to try to do a powerlifting workout ever? My joints would blow up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wanted personal preference. Like, I probably wouldn't either do one again, um, just because of the fact that I don't think maxes matter <laughs> at all. Um, it's nice to say every now and then, you know, oh yeah, you know, I could bench press three hundred and fifty, four hundred pounds, or I can, you know, squat five hundred or six hundred pounds. It's nice to be able to say that, but to be honest with you, like. Everyone who says they're max, it probably happened a long time ago. They were probably in a lot better shape than they were then. And they don't mean anything. They just literally don't. And, you know, you could argue the same thing with bodybuilding and physique and all that stuff too, I guess. But at the same time, it's just, you know, I will never need to compete for another max again like I would be in high school or would be if I wouldn't do the powerlifting competition. So they aren't as important to me. So, but staying healthy and looking good the whole, like, year-round is something that I'm really trying to do. So, that's what's important for myself. But, um, for the most part, one of the biggest things, clientele-wise, like, I normally focus on anybody, transformation clients are my number one clientele. Like, anybody who wants to, who's who's bigger, out of shape, and they want to change their life, or vice versa, who's too small and want to put on muscle, want to put on weight. Anybody who wants to completely transform, that's who I love working with, because that's... In my opinion, that's the whole reason why I started it all. So yeah. that's what I like to help people with. So that's what I enjoy out of the whole thing. But to be honest with you, what is a person who's never been into the gym ever and wants to start working out? Is that not as pretty much as close to a powerlifting program as you could get? Small reps, trying to build up their strength. If they've never done movements before, try to get them to where they can do those movements, help build that nervous system. I mean, it's very, very, I mean, yes, it's different, but it's very, very similar to what like a powerlifting workout or schedule would be. Um, you're doing basic movements, you're trying to get them to where they need to be, um, and try to build up that strength form too. So Yeah, and a lot of it would be like push-pull legs or exactly. like upper body, lower body. Exactly. It's not You're not going to be doing singular muscle groups like a bodybuilding or hypertrophy workout would be. So a lot of the times when somebody looks at you, and I've had a couple clients who just don't know what they're doing, want help in the gym, it's very, very similar to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put them on tricep kickbacks and as spider curls <laughs> like all these things that they're going to be like what the heck <laughs> i'm not going to do that to them um especially if you know they have never even been to the gym i'm going to show them basic movements and i'm going to help build up their nervous system and help them build a lot of strength and 
whether it's power lifting or not, like I said, it's very similar to like the same thing you're trying to do with your body when you are doing a power lifting kind of a workout. So, um, other than that, I have had a couple specific clients who I've done power lifting stuff for. Like I said, my little brother was one of the best examples that I had, but a couple people who were pretty well versed in the gym, but they just wanted to gain strength. Um, and they wanted to add a lot of strength on their squat. Um, one girl I worked with in particular, we took her, um, her squat from when she started to a, it was a 95 pound squat and we took it up to about 225 pounds within about four months just because she was, she just wanted to get bigger, like she wanted to help her squat out big time, but she just didn't hardly do them as well or it wasn't coached up on them well either. But it was one of the biggest goals that she had was she wanted to squat two plates. So got her there to it. Very, very exciting day for her, but that's awesome yeah yeah I mean people get really hyped up when they increase their PRs on movements too. oh absolutely I mean it's a big day I mean it's it's a big day it's it's a competition and it's a competition with yourself but the same the reason that's why I do what I do like that's what we do what we do is because it's a self competition but at the same time like you get hyped for a PR day and you, if you break it it's, it's a great feeling it really is but like I said for right now for myself I don't I, I feel great getting a good pump on every day <laughs> like that's my great feeling but that's how I am it's funny and I set PRs for like reps at certain weights like I just did the 22 reps at 125 on the incline dumbbell press mm-hmm. which that's not my best ever but it's my best in a, quite a while yeah and Absolutely. Like, when I first moved here and I did the 150s by 10, that was my best ever. That was almost double my best ever before I did five. Um, and like squats, I don't have a great squat, but I've done 315 by 21. Yeah. And that's pretty damn hard. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'd say so. Yeah, that was hard, <laughs> to say the least. Absolutely. And then I've done 225 by 50 reps on flat bench. And yeah, that's I set records for like set PRs on like reps at certain weights. Yeah, more absolutely. Than like one rep max weights. I always, um, I guess the best thing way I measure stuff is if we're doing like sets of twelve or even up to sets of fifteen. Um, or sorry, reps, reps of twelve to fifteen. Then one of the biggest things I'll measure my progress on is where I start my weight at, and like one of the biggest things just out of like a quick example that I've noticed that I've gotten extremely better at like strength wise because I can do a lot heavier starting weight and then keep going through it the same reps has been straight arm pull down um, for the back like straight arm pull downs have been amazing for me strength wise and I've went up from I used to always start at 40 pounds and work my way 50 60 70 but now I've started at 80 pounds and went 80 90 100 110 for my straight arm pull downs and that's been like recently one of the biggest things that i've gained a whole bunch of strength on lately but worked out really well for myself but that's how i measure kind of my progress right now in the gym were you doing much of those before the first time we trained yeah i used to do them quite a bit okay yeah but i used to do Maybe quite it a bit lucas that wasn't yeah lucas was, lucas never did them before yeah i remember it was one of you that yeah lucas didn't but yeah i used to do those quite a bit it's actually a movement that i've implemented within the last year and a half um so it's been i mean fairly recent but um like I said, it's been one of the movements that I had. Normally, I would start, like, when I very first started, it was one of those movements to get a good contraction. I would do, like, 30 pounds, and then it would jump up to, like, 40, 50. And now, like I said, I start at, like, 80, and I work my way up to, like, 110 pounds, and I'll still do, like, 12 reps of them, and it feels really good. So, 
that's just the more you do that movement, the better you get at it. So, right, that's awesome. Do you think there should be any more we dig into on the specifics of uh, hypertrophy or specifics of? I think the best thing we could do um, is we should get split them up into two and get guests for each of them. Cool. Yep. So like people that. Like yep. Straight powerlifters. Yeah. Get like obviously besides you and me doing our program, get somebody like a third person that we can ask questions to specifically. But I've got a great friend who would do it for our um, powerlifting one. He's been powerlifting for years and years and years. Yep. So he would be he would be happy to be on. But I think it would be great to dissect powerlifting first off with somebody who's a lot more well versed in it than we are. Yeah. Um, and then to obviously we're well versed in the bodybuilding aspect of things, but to get somebody else in here to kind of talk about their experiences too, yeah, would be huge. I as like well. that idea. We should definitely get a powerlifter on at some point. Yeah, but breaking it down into like two different podcasts and kind of go super in depth into each of them would be huge. But we just want to, this is a very obviously basic basic uh, workout styles yeah. and kind of how to do them and how to start and where to start if you haven't started as well. Um, then to kind of go into like a little bit more of how it works and stuff like that, kind of like we talked about today. But yeah, pretty good, uh, pretty good little subject yeah. we had for today, and kind of went over it and some pretty good stories beforehand too. <laughs> right. I wonder how many will make it in there. Yeah, I know, right? Most of them. Will. We started recording pretty early, so we'll leave most of those in there. Too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll leave most of them in there for that for the for them to listen to, but. <laughs> It's definitely some pretty good stuff, but... Oh, it's time for me to get back out there and work. You got today off, right? Yep, I got today off. I'm completely done with everything, so working on 250. I guess we got a, an appointment for the baby, the soon-to-be soon to baby. Um, got to go to the doctor and check up on it. What did you say that was? 340, so she's going to come pick me up here in about 20 minutes, so... Perfect. Be on our way to the hospital and see get checkup number two or checkup number three now in so yeah pretty exciting stuff that might be a good spot to wrap it up absolutely planning guests to have on yeah what was your buddy's name that dante dante Dante. franklin yeah he's been doing olympic lifting powerlifting so he's been he just competed in powerlifting competition this uh last weekend the rail yard powerlifting competition in um lincoln lincoln nebraska had the rail yard lift off Nice. Him and his friends, uh, uh, my friend and his friend Jeff, they competed. Candace, another trainer I lifted with over there, she competed. Um, but they all competed together, so I think it'd be great, especially him coming off of that, right. to have him over. And he's been he's definitely one that has a lot of good stories about the struggle. Um, okay. And like having to cancel on meets and stuff like that that he's been training for for months and months. And it's just, he knows firsthand the struggle behind it all and then firsthand how everything works he's an extremely smart guy so yeah that's awesome yeah but i think we should have him on soon um to do a to do a specific powerlifting only one and then kind of talk to him about some other stuff and (laughs) we'll just kind of have fun with it and then get him on there on the podcast to get some great information out to everybody and for the most part we've i know you just posted um what a week week or two ago week and a half ago about the hundredth listener oh yeah so we had yeah. Now we're into like 150. I think yeah, we're over 150 right now, dude. So like it's taking off. So the more we get more, the more episodes we get out there is just going to be great for everybody. But 
we did get a little bit of feedback on the Gmail. Do you want to hop into that or save that for the next episode? Uh, well, so it was basically a question. I don't remember the specifics right now, but it was about uh, aging and athletic performance. So how, as people age, how do they keep in line or how should they program training styles as they age? Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll definitely go into that subject um, probably on our next podcast here and talk about a little bit of that for sure. Um, and how you can kind of balance those two out for sure and go into that stuff. So got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, but yeah, like we always say, if any questions you guys have for us or anything you guys want us to talk about specifically, give us a heads up. It's head on collision podcast at gmail.com. Go like, and follow us on Instagram too. We're going to keep that guy up and rolling and keep everyone engaged. Um, we got our sauna pictures, a couple sauna pictures up so far. So Yep, we've had a few people tag the page and stuff. Perfect, that's great. Well, we'll keep that rolling uh, pretty heavily. Um, so, if, like we said, keep keep up with our social media, and we're going to keep that guy going. And any questions, shoot us an email. But other than that, I think that's a wrap, TJ. Feeling good about it? That's, that's good. We covered the basics. Now people that didn't know where to start, now they understand the di- main differences between them. So Absolutely. that's perfect. Definitely. Well, you guys take it easy. We'll be back on soon.